Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Most Reverend Bishop, Father Mandelis, our pastor, Father Peter, our guest, Reverend Deacon Benjamin, and Presbytera Kelly, and my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, members of the parish of St. John Chrysostom. John Chrysostom's name means golden mouth. Golden mouth who taught Constantinople in the face of emperors who said they believed, but they lived according to the world. Jesus in the gospel calls us away from that, tells us, no, you cannot live according to the world. In Pantalaemon's life, he despised the world and lived according to what Christ called him to do in servant for the needy, the poor, the unwanted, the marginalized. And Jesus puts it bluntly in the gospel this morning, if the world hates me, remember that it will, if the world hates you, I'm sorry, if the world hates you, it hated me before you. And so those of us who complain, myself included, you know, about how we're treated as Christians, Jesus already told us what to expect. Why do we complain? It's about enduring the cross. And everything that we put up with is for the sake of Christ Jesus. The world hates us because we refuse to give in to their materialism, their anti-deity of divine love of the Eternal Father, their anti-willingness to accept all as equal. They hold on to values that are materialism. They judge when Jesus asks us not to judge. It is these mysteries that the world hates us for. It is only the Catholic Church that has a set of rules and morals that have not moved since God opened his mouth. And when was that? It started when he gave the commandment. I often say, Jesus said, but he should have written things down like his father did in stone, so they can't argue with it. There it is in black and white in stone. It is that mystery that we're called to. That's where the world hates us. It is not to live by the values of the world. And so the world does not understand when Christians give things away. For the sake of people, they don't even know. You realize America, as a country of Catholics, has given to the missions more than any other country in the world. And we don't know to who we've given it. That's called perfect charity. We've done it for Christ Jesus. And so we are called to love those who don't even know we exist. doesn't matter because they are in need. If you go to the Mormons and you are in need, they will answer your need provided you're Mormon. And then when you get on your feet, they want it paid back. If you go to the Baptist, they will help you. But you have to become a Baptist. If you are Catholic and somebody comes to your door, what do we ask? What is it you need? That's it. Jesus asked us to give without asking. So charity is in my book, this is a Vavonerism, by the way, does not exist. The gift of giving is because Jesus commanded it. It's an obligation to take care of our brothers and sisters, the poor, the needy, the marginalized. It's not charity. And if you see it as charity, you've missed the whole point. When God created the family, he created the human family with the understanding of his divine love. And the family of Jesus Christ 
adds to the divine love the dimension of the human perspective that we call to the worship of the love of the Father. Jesus Christ called us to that reality. That's why the world hates us, and it will continue to hate us. And that's a good thing. Because once we become part of the society, once we buy into the materialism, once we buy into the liberalism, once we buy into politics, we get tied to the nation. The church has never been a member of any nation and cannot be. We belong to Christ Jesus, period. Punto e virgola, they say in Italian. It does not belong to any society. We live in that society and we obey Caesar as Jesus told us. Give to Caesar what Caesar's and to God what belongs to God, but not to live according to those values. It is lust, greed, and discrimination that destroys the gospel. Once our hearts are no longer of the charity of Christ, welcoming all, then we no longer are Christians. And I said last night, and I'll say it again, if you can be arrested and put in jail because of your actions and accused as a Christian without saying you are, you have succeeded. If that doesn't happen, if you are not hated, if you're not despised, if you're not disliked, probably by your family members and friends. You didn't make it. If you want to be loved, go with the rest of the world. They are loved. We are not. And we cannot be loved. We can only be loved by God and the family of Christians because that is what Jesus put together. He convicted us of divine love. And if you and I don't live according to that conviction, we've wasted our time. We know plenty of Catholics who, as long as they put the stamp on their shoulder, see, I went to liturgy on Sunday, and the rest of the week they live like pagans. That's not Christianity. Christianity is to live by faith and practice religion. If you live by religion and don't have faith, you're wasting your time. If you live by faith without the practice of the faith, you're wasting your time. The two have to be put together that's what Jesus called us to do, to serve brother and sister and to worship the Eternal Father. Why do we go to liturgy on Sunday? Why do we even bother? It is to give the glory back to God the Father. If you notice, at the divine liturgy, who is doing all the action? And as the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's God himself. He does the work. We but glorify and accept out of total humility, that gift of love he's given. And that is the divine body and blood. And when we live according to the divine body and blood of Jesus Christ, we then become countercultural. Christians have always been countercultural. We've never fit in. Look at the history of the church. We have never been faithful to the world. We've been faithful only to Christ. No, we believe in the risen Savior. From the death trap and all else, the same respect and honor is given to God and God alone. Pantalaemon, who we've been celebrating, stood up in front of the emperor and denounced him. How old was he? All of 20 years old. Is there a 20-year-old here? Nobody? Not one. I had one last night. Oh, he is 20 years old? Oh, 
20 years old, stood up in front of the Eastern Roman Emperor and denounced him. That takes more than guts. That takes great faith and courage. Intestinal fortitude. That virtue has been given to us by the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we do not have intestinal fortitude, we become lackadaisical. We take everything for granted, and therefore I become self-serving. If the world hates you, remember it hated me. Jesus didn't have the disease of the eye. Many of us have the disease of the eye. How many know what the disease of the eye is? It's the unholy trinity. Me, repeat after me. Me, myself, and I. The disease of the eye takes us away from God. It centers on us. Have you ever noticed when you no longer live according to the faith, you fall prey to recognition from society. And so we tattoo, so we can be seen. We body pierce, so we can be seen. It's all about us, and everybody looks. Or haven't you noticed when somebody walks by like that, all the heads turn? Me and I. The eye disease turns us from Christ. No matter what it is, that's only one example. But there's plenty others. And so I have to have the best car. I have to have the best place where I live, in the best area of town. I have to have the best clothes. I have to have designer jeans. I never had designer clothes. I was one of six. I had hand-me-downs. And guess what? I'm still alive. I didn't die. I never had a cell phone. Didn't exist when I was a boy. And guess what? There was no TV when I was a boy. And I didn't die. Isn't that amazing? So when we center on ourselves, when everything becomes about us, we get trapped into Satan's greatest lie, that I know what I'm doing. As soon as I say I know what I'm doing, I no longer image the Christ. I no longer show who the Christ is. And I no longer become for others the way to find Christ. The Christian is the one to show the Christ, the love of the Christ. And so, if you want to be loved by the world, then leave the Catholic Church now. Because if you choose to keep both, you will lose your soul. Me included. Everybody. We cannot live by the world. We have to live by the values Christ gave us. If you take a look in Jesus' own life, what happened when he cured the sick? What was said about him? that he's a good man, that he's a healer? No. He casts out devils by the prince of devils, so he must belong to that. Isn't that what they said? So every good deed goes punished. Remember that. Every good deed goes punished. And if you remember that, you'll do the good deed anyway. Mother Teresa said to us, if you show kindness and love, and they hate you for it, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Jesus comes with the same message. We are loved in spite of our sins. And our sins before God are the gift of divine love. Because if we let him do, he can heal us. If I may for a moment, people get upset when I say this. The 12 mugs, where are they in your church? The, what? the 12 mugs. Peter, John, oh, they're right up there. Idiot I am. Look, see them? Each of them 
if you take a look at their life, were not chosen for their virtues. Each of them were chosen for a fault they had. And because they overcame the fault in love with Christ, we have the foundation of the mystery of the Holy Apostolic Church. St. Matthew, what was his profession? Let's see how many of you love this guy. He was a tax collector. How many of you and I love tax collectors? Be truthful. Do you love the tax collectors? Even now. Nothing has changed. Observe. Take a look at some of the other apostles. Same thing. Each of them had a fault for which Christ called them. Healing that fault, they became the mouthpiece of God because their very actions. It is to put up with persecution, excuse me, that the church has the understanding of the family of God that wins the mansions in heaven. We could have better jobs if we belonged to secret societies, to Masons, to the Illuminati. We could go right to the top of government and take a look. Take a look. Take a look with God's eyes, and you will see a very different picture. And if you seek that reality, then you must seek it with an understanding of Christ to change it. If you cannot do that, don't even get involved. Don't bother. Marriage is looked upon today as a temporary reality. I go to McDonald's. I have my coffee cup. I throw it away. I go through Winchell's. I throw it away. I have this. Oh, I don't like it. It's not in style. Throw it away. Everything is disposable. The Word of God and people are not disposable. Jesus has called us to a permanent reality. That permanent reality is love. And love is not what you say. It's what you do. My mother, God rest her, gave me an example, and I was all of 19 years of age. I dated many girls. The one I wanted to marry that I fell in love with, her name was Joni Ench. I came home and I said to my mother, Ma, I'm in love with Joni. I want to marry her. The word love in Italian means eggs. Un lovo is an egg. So she looked at me, she went over to the refrigerator and she said, Look, I have six dozen. How many do you want? She realized I had no clue what love was. Had no idea of the commitment. Had no idea of the struggle to live as Christ taught us. You idiot. You're wet behind the ears. You have no understanding. Commitment, commitment. Christ calls us to a commitment that the world will hate us. But the eternal Father has called us to that divine mystery of love and to make a family. That's what makes the Christian family. Listen to the epistle. It says a good soldier acts and stays out of civilian life. Why? Because what he's commanded to do and what civilian life calls for is not the same thing, is it? So we don't mix. So if you're called to be a soldier of Christ, you can't get involved in the society. You must live above society. And you have to live in it, but not as part of it. The same thing the epistle says about the athlete. If we don't live by the rules, we can't win the game. The game plan here are the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, which we call the actions of God. 
the gifts of mercy, fortitude, faith, hope, charity, compassion, understanding. It is that mystery that calls us to a way of life. Christianity is not a set of rules. Nobody ever converted to the church by the rules. Somebody they saw became the mystery for them to see God. Did you ever notice in all of our history as Christians, what brings people to the church? It's a religion that's caught because somebody actually lives it. Mahatma Gandhi knew the new Christian scriptures by heart. Before he died, someone asked him, he said to them, how come you never became a Christian? You can quote the scriptures backwards and forwards. And the tears came down his eyes. He said, I believe in this Christ, but I never saw a Christian that copied him. That's a very sad commentary. That was the Christianity he was exposed to in India. If that is said of us in our life, that we do not show forth, no matter what we've kept, all the fasts we've done, all the tropas we sang, it's a waste of time. It is a relationship that we are called to. Each of us are called to proclaim the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which in church language is called the kerygma. Can you say that? Kerygma. The Greek word for the teaching of who Jesus is. Death and resurrection and divine love. Not even hatred could kill Jesus. He overcame it. He came out of the grave. That's how much love God had. It could not be destroyed even by Satan himself. It is this mystery of the resurrection that is the example in our life. One of the greatest earmarks of Christians is the gift of forgiveness as the Divine Father and Son have shown us. In excuse me, Hildebrand's biography called Unbroken, it was a World War II story of survival of an extraordinary man whose name was Louis Zamperini. He was born in the north of Italy in Tuscany and came to America and became a great Olympic champion and a runner and a World War hero. Against nearly impossible odds, Zamberini, who managed to survive the years of extreme torture, caught in a Japanese camp after being lost 47 days at sea. He should have been drowned. The Japanese found him and put him in a concentration camp. The Japanese brought him to that camp to a colonel who despised Christianity. And so Zamberini was treated worse than all the other prisoners. He was hung upside down where his head was in a box up to his neck for days on end. He was put in solitary confinement. He was asked to carry loads of bricks harder than anybody else when they were building. All of this never broke his spirit. It made him crazy to carry the bricks. He had within him great anger for that colonel until he realized that the bricks only brought one gift when he dawned upon him. Who is the brick? that I live by, and that is Jesus Christ. And so he began to carry the bricks 
with more of a load than normal. And the colonel was absolutely astounded how he could do that. His beatings were severe and often. When the war was ended, he came back to San Francisco with all the other American prisoners that came home. He, two years later, left, went back to Japan to find the colonel in the prison camp and all the rest of the soldiers. Most of them had been moved. One or two of them were there. Why did he do that? He went back simply to say one thing. I forgive you. I forgive you. You were told to do what you did, and you acted as a good soldier. But I forgive you, and God loves you. And they, in turn, asked for forgiveness. They got on their knees. The only one he could not move was the colonel himself. Nor could he forgive him, because the colonel would not give him the chance. You and I meet people all day long who need forgiveness, who need the understanding that God loves them. The world may hate them because they are Christians, but God loves them. You need to bring the same mystery and same gift. If the world hates you, it hated me before you. And so don't expect the reward for good things. God rewards holiness, not even the church. Only God rewards holiness. The Holy Church tries to give us a boat to live in, a ship that we can meet the Lord God. In the temple we find the peace and the mercy of the Eternal Father and Son and the gift of the Holy Spirit that impels us, that moves us to the obligation of divine love. And so, when you think all the things you do are a waste of time, or why do you do it, why do you keep the fast, why do you pray for those who are ungrateful, why do you do charitable works, why are you kind to people you despise, it is all because of this. Because the Christian cannot not focus on where he or she is going. Because what we believe about who we believe in makes the difference. Now listen to the tropa of Pantalaemon. This sums it all up. Now here's the challenge. St. Paul says we are the living saints with all the flaws and faults that we have. We are the living saints. And so, when we pass, maybe, maybe, they may make an icon of us. Maybe they won't. It doesn't matter. What does matter is the world has come to see God's love through us. And once you know that God so loves you, as you heard, you received an invitation. So did I, by Jesus Christ. When we were baptized, we were called to a new life. It is that life we must lead and forget the other. You're given a new name for that reason. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.